Jean Gabri, and welcome to We the GamerCast. It publishes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play every single Monday. But patrons get it first; they get it on Fridays. Thank you for subscribing, for rating this show wherever you uh, listen to it. Thank you for telling your mom, telling a friend, telling your dad, telling your llama and your lizard. Thank you guys so much for everything that you do for supporting the show. And however you do it, I appreciate you. Welcome to 2021, the first show of 2021, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna offer a little bit of escapism uh, today, guys. It's a lovely chat with my good friend. Steve Tilly, which is amazing that I can, I feel like Steve, it's okay that I say that way. Like, I think we're friends. I think we're actually like, like we, we text each other. It's really sweet, man. I'm, I'm really happy. Uh, what, what a life, what a life that doing this show has, has led me down, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself because if you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger or friend from the internet and we talk about life and games. And if you want to be on the show, please just tweet at me. It's Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants, Steve Tilly. We're going to get to you in a little bit. A lovely, all Canadian show to start off 2021. And I, I'm booked, man. I, I've got, I've got like the next couple of weeks booked up and it's awesome. I'm, I'm ready. I've, I've taken a bit of a break. I had an amazing Christmas holiday, Christmas break with the family. The kids are at that perfect age where Christmas is hilarious and awesome and it's wonderful. Um, we celebrated Christmas for days, man. We did this awesome thing where, and this was Chelsea's idea. Chelsea like just ran like the best Christmas ever. She deserves so much credit for Christmas in this household. Pretty much everything in this household, this place would like burn down and we would all starve if it wasn't for her. Um, but what a great Christmas we had. We did this thing where if the, if the kids wanted to play with one of the toys, one of the gifts that they, that they just opened, then we would stop opening presents and we would just open that thing up and, and they could play with it. If something caught their attention and we wouldn't, we wouldn't make them like put it aside. We would just keep playing with that, but which was great. And also we didn't really like, we couldn't go anywhere. We weren't able to visit family and people weren't able to come on over, which is, I mean, that's, that was a challenge in and of itself, but it allowed us to really focus on our family and, and our, and our core unit. And we were opening presents for like four days, man. It was so cool. And until, until I think December 30th ran around and Lincoln was like, so like, when do we get to open presents today? It's like, dude, like we're, we're done. <laughs> that was, that was enough, but it was super cool, man. Like, they're, they're not going to play with all the toys all the time forever. So it was kind of nice that at the very least they got, they got some time with, um, with, with most of them. It was a cool Christmas. I hope you guys had a really good Christmas and a holiday break or whatever you did. Um, I completely disconnected. I didn't do any podcasting. I didn't do any streaming. I slept as much as I could. I, I just really needed a bit of a reset. And I really look like this is my time, uh, that I, that I get every single year. And I look forward to it. I, I feel like that's the reason why, and Steve and I think talk about this. Like, I really believe in that, that New Year's reset. I, I know, I know like the calendar doesn't change anything, but what happens at the end of the year is that I get to take a bit of a break. And that's, uh, that's awesome. So it's also at the, at the, the break happens at the end of what is typically for me a, a tough couple of months, very challenging, um, on a number of fronts, man, and on a challenging year. So pat yourself on the back, man. Like we made it through 2020. It was a difficult year. I'm not entirely sure if 2021 is going to be all that much easier. There's got to be some light though. And today is maybe a little bit of a beacon of light, a beacon of positivity. That's why we're here. And, and I can't imagine a better way to start off 2021 than to talk with my good friend, Steve Tilly. He's just, he's full of smiles and he's been extremely gracious uh, and nice to me. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys a little bit about uh, Gaming for Guru. We are doing a, basically it's like Extra Life. We're dedicating a full weekend of streaming to raise money for Bobby Paul's, the Nintendo Guru. Many of you guys know him. I run the Patreon with him. He's been, uh, and I do Cup of Joe and Nintendo with him, but we have not been able to do Cup of Joe and Nintendo for going on almost three months here because Bobby has been in the hospital 
actually in the intensive care unit with COVID-19, very, very serious time with COVID. And I've been worried about him sick every day for the last, gosh, since, like I said, pretty much since Halloween. Um, I think the last time I actually spoke to him was October 28th was the last time I, I talked to him and he was saying, uh, he was, and the funny thing is like, I look at that discord message that he sent me and he was like, he was retweeting something for me while he was talking about how awful he was feeling. He thought he had pneumonia and that was shortly before we went to the intensive care unit. Anyways, there's 10 creators all coming together and we're going to be streaming between January 15th and the 17th. Um, look for my Twitter. I'll, I'll have the schedule up very, very soon. And we've got prizes coming. We are here to lift Bobby's. There's a GoFundMe and the link will be in the, in the show notes as well, but you can go to bit.ly slash gaming for guru to make a donation to his, to his GoFundMe. We're, we're sitting just over 9,000 right now. We want to push this thing to the limit. There's amazing prizes. Um, everybody who is participating in this is providing prizes and it's just incredible, man. Uh, Mark Carabin from co-op mode podcast reached out to image and form to see if they could contribute and we've got great news on that but the one thing i can tell you that is public to everybody to go see on the gofundme pages image and form donated a thousand dollars to this gofundme and like there's so many people whose whose lives have been touched by bobby or bobby has touched them or whatever i don't know if he's actually touched them physically but you know what i'm trying to say the it's huge man so i'm glad that we're all getting together we're going to do an incredible thing by by raising some money for Bobby. And I hope that helps even just a little bit. I cannot fathom as a Canadian. I can't even imagine. I actually truly don't even understand the medical bills that Bobby's going to be facing coming out of this. So I hope, uh, if you have donated already, um, then please, if you can donate again, that would be awesome. And you'll be entered into a, an incredible group of prizes, uh, that are going to be anybody who donates after, uh, whatever it was earlier this week, Tuesday of this week, um, from then on, you'll be eligible for prizes and it's, it's awesome guys. So stay tuned for that. More news on that gaming for guru. We're going to be streaming for them and let's, let's do it, man. Let's get them well up over $10,000 together. And, uh, you can also buy merch that also, that also helps too. You can go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Nintendo dads or redbubble.com slash people slash Nintendo dads slash shop. Again, all the links are in the notes. You can get a mug, you can get a t-shirt, you can get a, a hoodie. There's a whole, you can get pillows, you can get shower curtains from some of these stores. Uh, all the proceeds are going towards Bobby's GoFundMe. And I've got my shirt on its way. It's going to be here in time for the stream. I know a bunch of people are ordering their shirts. So join in. If you, if you can't donate or you want to buy a shirt, you want to have something that lasts a little longer than a donation, whatever you want to do. Uh, lots of different ways to support and you'll be, um, like I said, supporting a great cause and maybe even getting a chance to win maybe a, an Xbox Series X, maybe a Nintendo Switch, maybe game codes galore. There are literally hundreds of prizes that are, that are going to be available. It's pretty much like, it's almost a guarantee. It's not a guarantee because I don't think I should really say that, but it's, I, I feel like a lot of people are going to get prizes. So. Gaming for Guru, please check it out. Stay tuned. Uh, tons of stuff happening over um, on, on my Twitch channel, on a bunch of people's Twitch channels, and it's an awesome thing. So thank you guys for letting me ramble about that for a little bit. And thank you to Brent Robinson, who's uh, still helping me with the Twitter feed at WeTheGamerCast that you guys can follow. Now, let's get into my chat with Steve Tilly. Steve Tilly was on Reviews on the Run when I first came across him, and he quickly became one of my favorite hosts on that show, Reviews on the Run. I think mainly ran in Canada, but also maybe ran in the States on G4, um, so you guys may be familiar. Uh, Chelsea and I would, we would set aside time to watch it. If we weren't watching it every day, we would binge it. We would record it on our, in Canada, we call it a PVR. I know you guys say DVR. We, we would put them all up on our, on our PVRs and run through a whole bunch of reviews on the run. And whenever Steve came on, I think I'd say this to us in, in, in the chat here. Like he was just, it's just a, 
my, a smile across my entire face. Um, so it's crazy to think that we were, we were watching Steve, fans of Steve, and then all of a sudden, um, just meeting him on Twitter. And we've chatted a couple of times. We've met in person. We met at, at Marissa Roberto's wedding, and it's been incredible. He's been, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this kind. Like, there's some people who are just so kind to me, I almost don't know what to do with it. Other than to say that I appreciate it, and it's wonderful, and everybody should be so lucky to meet and know somebody like Steve Tilly. So why don't I jump into it? You can follow him on Twitter, at Steve Tilly. Here he is, Steve Tilly. What I could do, here, let me see, let, let me know if this is still of decent quality. Let's get to the book at least out of the shot. Oh, there's okay, no video still? or anything. I'm not I'm not shooting the video or anything. Oh, just, I thought we were doing video. Yeah, no, no, no. You look great though, by the way. It's just us talking. Okay. Well, yeah, you know yeah. Just I'm it's just audio. Don't even worry about it. Lighting, I set up my fill light. You can throw on your there. pajamas, like whatever. <laughs> I got no pants on. He's like, I did so my hair that way. <laughs> All right. Well, if we're not doing. We're not actually recording video. No, no, no. I thought you I did just, like 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 uh, also put it on YouTube or something. I, I've only listened. I to did. The yeah, no, I, I did for a while, and um, it's just a lot of work. <laughs> and like like the vast vast majority of people listen. You know, like there's a, there's a few people who who ask for it on on YouTube, and I I'd love to be able to do that for people, but like exporting the video takes like 45 minutes, and uploading the video takes another 45 minutes, and it's a whole thing. So I just kind of I just I, I feel like the focus of audio kind of allows me just to like get focused on the show rather than yeah. be distracted with all these other things. And, um, I don't know. I, I feel like once I moved past like doing video and feeling like I was obligated to do it, I've just kind of, I've been on a journey with this show, you know, like I've really yeah. just tried things. If I liked it, I stick with it. If I don't like it, I've just kind of like let go of it. And that's been a whole like life lesson for me. I feel just to let things yeah. go and not feel like I've got to do it forever and just knowing when to move on from certain things. So yeah, no video. Dude, like you've come such a long way. Like uh, the, the shows that I've listened to in the, over the last year or so, um, like your voice is fantastic. Your, oh. your, your hosting presence is amazing. Um, I listened to, uh, to <laughs> sweating <man. laughs> to, uh, Jeff Kanata's, um, uh, DLC. That's one of the few podcasts I listen to regularly. Yeah. And uh, you remind me of him. You've got the same kind of, Oh wow. In front of the mic. Yeah, um, and you the same kind of skill at uh, at orating and bringing stuff out of your guests. So I mean, this is a good. Oh, thing. that's a, that's a very nice thing. Yeah. I love him. Stick I think it. he's amazing. As long as it makes you happy, stick with it. If it stops yeah. making you happy, then then you know. Well, we were talking just a minute ago. Like I needed the break. Like I really, and I took a bit of a longer break than I normally do. Like I took a break from work and everything. I wasn't streaming. I wasn't podcasting. And I had to kind of like fight the urge a little bit because you're, it becomes a bit of a habit. And I had a couple of extra days there. I'm like, maybe I'll just jump on a call with somebody. Maybe I'll just like record a little something. I'm like, no. And I really had to like put a conscious effort into taking the break. And I feel really good about it right now. Like I feel like yeah. I'm ready to go and ready to tackle another year. Deserve, everybody deserves a little time off, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, actually, I think a lot of people did. I was checking. I, I do you subscribe to like a lot of podcasts? Like, how do you? No, very few do. Oh, few. wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it seemed like everybody took a little bit of time off over the break. But that's, which is nice. I mean, that feels kind of normal. Yeah. People need a break. And I think your, you know, your listeners, your, your, your fans understand that you're there, you know, there may be two or three weeks at the end of the year when they're not going to get mm-hmm. their, their fix. Well, I, I bitch and they complain know. about it enough, Wait. man. People know. They they know that <laughs> I was out of gas, man. That's for sure. But enough about Beam. How have you been? How have you, like, How are you? 
Good. Now, I don't want to, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing I know some other guests have done. Have we started yet? Yeah, this is, this is it. Okay, this is it. Okay, all right. Yeah, it all works. We've, <laughs> we've done the, we've done our sound check. We're, sound check was at seven. Okay. We'll start at 830, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is the whole thing, man. This is, yeah. Why, like, why, why, why um, interrupt a great conversation with an intro or something like that? But, uh, yeah, that's uh, so. Yeah, how how are you? I kind of wish I could hear the hey live. You know, mm, I, it's I, embarrassing. I've done it like twice on Twitch. It's a little. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do. I think the last episode, I think I did the the hey on uh, live on Twitch, and it's like you know people are watching, and you do like you do a whole thing. Like I throw my arms up into the air. Like I really get into it, and but also like conscious that there's kids sleeping upstairs, so I do like a hey, but I'm, I immediately pull back, and yeah. <laughs> so I, like I'm already in my own head. So if I do it in front of other people, it's a whole it's a whole thing. So, but I have thought about, cause there's other podcasts I've listened to that do the intro while the guest kind of sits there. Like, and they mm-hmm. do like the, the plugs and like the check me out on this place and make sure you subscribe. And then like, Oh, by the way, this dude's sitting here for like the last <laughs> five minutes. It's, it's like, that wouldn't be a good time for you. I don't, I don't think anybody minds that though. You know, you, yeah. still, you gotta, you sit there and get the, get the flavor of the show as it's starting, and you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of amps you up. But have the guest completely, we, 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 completely regret showing up. Like, what am I here for? What is this? But I mean, we can we just have a conversation. Like, I haven't talked to you. I haven't talked to Sean Capri uh, in a long time. In a long time. Yeah, man. So, what's and, new? What's uh, going on since, with you? Well, I don't know if you heard, but twenty twenty was a bit of a, bit of a shit show. I've completely forgotten. Dev- I don't know if you heard. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> no, man. It's uh, things are good here. Um, I am. Um, I don't know if I can't remember the last time I updated you, kind of where I where I'm at in life. I, but three years ago now, I left uh, Post Media, Sun Media. Mm-hmm. Um, I still do some work for them. I still do some games writing for the Sun newspapers and yeah. stuff, which is great. It's great to still keep my my toe in it. But um, kind of saw as as many journalists have. I saw the writing on the wall yeah. uh, where media is going in Canada, especially print media, mm-hmm. which is still the focus of of that company and. Um, there were layoffs every year. We were just losing staff left and yeah, right. And yeah. uh, it gave, they gave people an opportunity to, to take a bunch of cash and, and walk away, which is what oh, I wow. did. Oh, I, wow. Yeah. So I had about a – I was still getting paid. Rather than taking a lump sum, I took a, it's, it's a long, boring story. But I took my, my salary basically for a year and a half. It was like a year and a half paid good vacation. Good for you. Which then – well, it was good for me. I look back now and I'm thinking, what the hell did I do during that time? What do I have to show for? I should have like written a book sure, yeah, tried to get into a new hobby or learn to play guitar or something. But I think I was also – like I've been in the biz for a long time and I just needed a – I needed to just chill, man. I yeah. was – I needed a break. I needed yeah. to plug from my career for a while and um, just kind of like settle. Yeah. And – now that I've, I'm back, my uh, um, I got really lucky. I've been doing work for for Apple, uh, freelance work for about five years now. Get uh, out. Right. And mostly stuff for, for like like the writing for the App Store, creating editorial content for the App Store. And just as my kind of payout thing was coming to an end, one of the editors there reached out and said, "Do you want to start writing uh, games, iOS game stuff for a little more a little more regularly?" I'm like. Yeah. And then uh, that translated into um, uh, a contract position with them. So I work. Like, what are you doing? Now, like, what, when you say writing, like, what are you what are you writing? So if you're are you, are you an iPhone user? Yes, yes, yes. We so are. If you fire open the app store. The first yeah. thing you see is what uh, what they call the today tab. And it's a, it's like featured apps, featured games, uh-huh. sometimes 
use the developers. So I write some of that content. Get out of here. That's you. Yeah. That's so cool. No, it's not, it's all not just me. First of all, it's not just me. It's a whole team of people. And I actually do the work for the U.S. App Store. So oh, if you're that's on a so game, interesting. Can't... Okay, well, I'm not going to go on then. I was going to go on every day <laughs> to get my little steep detail. Some of it comes over the Canadian store. Yeah, that's so cool. The thing is, I work now with Ben Silverman, former Reviews on the Run. I was going to ask you. I know he was over there, too. Yeah, man, that's awesome. He's the he's the big boss of the games editorial content over at Apple. He's been there for I guess uh, God, it's got to be a couple of years now, a year year or two. Yeah, and, and uh, so I was kind of there doing freelance stuff, and, and and Ben slid in, and then this opportunity came up to do stuff on a little more consistent, regular basis, and yeah. that's it. That's where I'm at, and it's 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 fun. Like I. I'm somehow shaky went, company though, Steve. I'm a little worried. You went from post media to Apple. Like I don't know. Can you get to a place that, like a company that's going to be around for a couple more years, man? Right. I know. I have this Apple flash in the pan, man. Yeah. Uh, they're going down anytime. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, it's been great. They're really good to me. Like I said, it's contract gig, so I'm not a, I'm not an Apple employee. I'm, I'm you know sure. I'm an independent contractor, but it's really fun work. Those guys. Those guys are an awesome team. The whole team yeah. down in. You know, it's great, and the, the the work is fun. I've interviewed a lot of developers. I've written about oh, a lot of cool. mobile games, like cool mobile games, like stuff that I never would have discovered on my own. And I get these games. It's kind of like what I used to do for even for reviews on the run. I get right. these games, and I'm like, I have to write about this game, but I'm actually digging it. This doesn't feel oh, like, cool. this like work when you're really digging the game that you're playing. It's not always thus. It's not always yeah. the case. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been that's that's kind of been my in this weird pandemic shitty 2020 um it kind of this came out of nowhere and uh yeah that's that's kind of been what i've been doing for the last several months well i knew like what was happening with post media and everything and i didn't know what your next step was going to be so i've always kind of wondered but i'm so glad we get to just kind of chat like this because i'm like i i don't know how to like bring up like are are you okay like (laughs) like (laughs) i assume that you're good like you seem happy like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you no, I, I mean, you have so, an internet connection, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm at the, the closed Starbucks. You know, nobody's you know, <laughs> sit outside with my laptop doing this yeah. call. This is like a, this is a digital background behind. That me. would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Jarvis Street in Toronto. That's where I really am. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I've had the weirdest luck in just career stuff my whole life. Like uh, yeah. I lucked into the job at the Edmonton Sun. You know, Edmonton. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then locked into the the job at the Toronto Sun, moving moving out here from Edmonton, and then like locked into a tech writing job at the Toronto Sun, and then got back in entertainment. And the game stuff has always been kind of a parallel yeah. thing, either yeah. doing it for media or for reviews on the run or for magazines. And now, kind of, this is where it's brought me. I, I have no idea where I'm going to be a year from now. Like, I would love to keep doing. I'd love to keep working with Apple for as long as they'll have me. Yeah, but um, however long that'll be, I'm. I, is, I'm well, not again, sure, so. gaming. Who knows how long that's going to be around? You know, I think again. Talk about another flash in the pan. This mm-hmm. gaming thing. This gaming thing. This mobile gaming thing, especially. Left and right, nobody's playing games. Well, I think part of it too is like you know, you, you just mentioning that like opens my brain up to just imagining all the different careers in gaming. Like, there's a lot of people who often talk about they want to break into the games industry, and it never ceases to amaze me. Like, how many jobs there are? Like, how many different and the variety of jobs that are in gaming it's there is their journalism there's the development there's marketing there's all these different things even to the point of like in mobile like it's a whole pillar of of gaming with its own kind of industry of jobs and stuff that's fascinating to me uh, totally totally and it's it's i i cannot tell you how blessed i feel to be still after all these years being able to to write do writing that involves video games like it's changed yeah. from over the years from doing 
Um, you know, m my job at The Sun was primarily as an entertainment writer. So I was covering movies and TV and, and pulled games into that because it was something I was passionate about. Right. But um, it, to, to be to be still so many years on like this is I started my first meeting with Victor Lucas was I was doing writing for the Reviews on the Run website. In oh, the, I love it. I want to say around 1998, wow. uh, 99. And um, so that was my first in with, with Vic and the gang. And then he, I don't know what was going on with Tommy. Tommy wasn't around and he they, he was cycling through some guest hosts. So I flew, I flew up to Vancouver for, oh God, I think it was like two, three days. And we just shot a bunch of shows. So I, I holed up in this, this, this hotel room, downtown Vancouver. And Marcy, Vic's lovely wife, who, you know, runs a lot of the, the, the business, uh, sent over this giant stack of consoles and games that we're going to be reviewing. And I just like oh plow, so I spent like 48 <laughs> hours plowing through games. Yeah. And then we shot a bunch of episodes. I was freaking terrified. Like I, oh, no way. even at the end, uh, even at the end of reviews on the run after we did it for, we did it for like, God, five, six years. Mm -hmm. I, or I was on the show for about five or six years. Even at the end of that, I was never comfortable on camera. I've really? never been comfortable on camera. No, man, no. But at the end of the show, I was shooting stuff with with uh, Raju, Raju and mm -hmm. uh, Adam uh, Adam Hasinger, our producer cameraman, and Darcy before that, both awesome dudes. So I was with basically two friends, yeah. two buddies, yeah. talking about games. I never felt like talking to an audience. But yeah, that's how so it came those, across. Those that's a, days. That is definitely how it came across. Like when you, you and Raju always had a different... I mean, everybody kind of had their special sauce. Everybody had like their, you knew what you're going to get when each kind of pair showed up. And you guys are just like, it just seemed like you were laughing <laughs> the whole time, whether the, the game was great or the game sucked or whatever. It just seemed like you guys were happy to, to be there. And, and Chelsea yeah. and I, we used to watch all the time and just, we loved when you guys would pop up because we would just inevitably be like, we'd have smiles across our faces the whole time. Yeah. Just even if, the, like I said, even if we had no interest in the games you guys were talking about. So it's, it's, yeah. it's nice because that definitely came through, even if, like, that's the part that came through, not the nervousness. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Raju was the same way though. He had no on-camera experience at the time, yeah. and we were just like, and he's like literally the most chill individual. I'll in bet, yeah, yeah. Unless you make him mad, if you get him riled up, he gets he gets riled up. But he is like, he's like the dude, man. He's just so <laughs> chill, and everything just flows off him. So he's really easy to work with. Yeah, like, I feel like gets, you're like that too, though. I feel, that's that's. I try to be. I mean, I want to pull him some of that. A little more uptight, you know. Yeah. I try to. I I I. I project a certain persona uh, yeah. to the camera but i'm a little i can get a little wound up and every time even even in the later years i would still be nervous when we started to shoot it was yeah. still it was never comfortable i i think the part of the reason vic pulled us into this whole operation was he wanted people who were not tv people who were not like you know uh coming in with a lot of experience on camera he wanted mm -hmm. writers and people who were really experienced in the games industry. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to be genuine and not try to perform. And that's what we were. We didn't know any better. We just sat there and yapped at the camera, mm -hmm. not knowing any better. But uh, it was some good times, you know? Yeah. We, well, I, Vic did, he, he, he rallied around a crew of, like, very specific skill set. You're like everybody was a writer. Scott was a writer. Like ben was writing. You were writing. I, I I don't know. I don't know if I've ever read anything by Raju, but um, that was that was very specific for him to to look for that. And then for rather than just to get the performance, because I think he kind of got that from Tommy. Is really what like if yes, he was looking for that, he kind of had that. Yeah, and then yeah. in spades, probably enough for the entire show. So <laughs> I always just I always appreciated that because writers. I don't remember if we talked about this before, but there's a different. 
you, your brain is working on a different level than the rest of us. Like you, the way that you work with words is different and it's confusing and, and maybe underappreciated, I think, because I can write a sentence. I can write a blog. I can write a tweet. Like I can technically write. So I almost think like our vocabulary is wrong. Like there's something, there should be another word for what you do because you write, but also I write notes and it's not, it's not the same writing as what, what you do. I don't think like you look at it a little bit differently or just that have you honed your craft in a different way? I don't know, man. Like I'm, I, I am easily my own worst critic. I think everything I write is garbage. And I look at everybody. I look at people like Scott and Ben and Raju. They're all they're all great writers. Scott and Ben are two of the best writers I know. Those guys are yeah. fantastic. Ben is also an incredible editor, which is why he mm. he's in such a good position at Apple because he takes stuff and he just makes it better. Like he just yeah. uh, I, like I'll, I'll submit something to him that I think is like really finely tuned and, and perfectly tweaked and he will make it better. So having a good editor is, is a lot of it, but I don't know, man, I just, ever since I was a kid, I started reading at a young age, I guess. And yeah. I've yeah. just been familiar with words and for whatever reason, able to string words together in a way that's kind of pleasing to the, you know, the, the inner ear, the mental ear, the yeah. whatever the, and um, I don't know where it comes from. And I, I, I sometimes think I haven't really gotten that much better over the years, mm. but then I'll go back and read something I wrote 10 years ago. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely. I have, <laughs> there are more tools in the chest now than there were 10 years ago, yeah. but it's, um, I is don't that know. Just reps? Is that just like time, guess, time yeah. at, the, at the keyboard? Yeah. And, and, and I've worked in like a really specific kind of field, like print, largely print journalism and largely for, uh, the sun newspapers, which have a really sort of short punchy kind of style. Like you don't write, you don't get to rattle on for a thousand words in a story. Right. Um, you got to be concise. So you learn to make every word count, which has really helped actually doing the work for Apple because the, the, the segments <laughs> on the teams tend to be quite short and you could literally, you got to make every word count. Every sentence has to exist for a reason. There's no extraneous material. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest part of writing. It's, I've always said it like, it's easier to write, uh, 5,000 words and it's 500 words. Maybe not. Right. It's, easier, it's easier to write 2,000 words and it is to write 200 words on something that you have a lot to say about because it's much harder to condense and cut down to the core of what you're trying to say than it is to have the, the freedom to uh, just sort of spill it all out even though nobody wants to read that much. Right. Yeah, it was sort of like this idea that I've, I've heard once of like write drunk but edit sober so like get the get the juices flowing just like blurb it out out there but like make sure you you cut it back when you you, you wake up the next morning have a glass of cup of coffee or something like that i gotta try that i actually i don't think i've ever written. i don't know if i'd recommend it <laughs> i'm definitely gonna try that maybe maybe more about. of a turn of phrase than a prescription but I'm not <laughs> no way dr sean i have taken that to heart yeah okay well, okay then i'll really be going on to the apple store and see what comes out there <laughs> Just Z. <laughs> and Steve's asleep. Nice, man. Well, I, I just really, I've been amazed to see, like, your journey. And I'm curious, like, you kind of mentioned before, like, what is the difference in gaming between, like, now and when you kind of, like, started that? Like, it seems like maybe it's a, a case of the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or are they, like, truly, truly different in terms of, like, just the games industry now? Like a lot about the industry has changed. Um, a lot about the games journalism has changed. Um, we don't have, and maybe this is probably probably for the better, but the kind of weird, lavish events that companies to throw that mm-hmm. I was never necessarily invited to, but I would see my peers, especially in the U.S., getting invited to, like crazy stuff like skydiving and um, oh snap, 
when one time we went into actually for there's an event for a, a SOCOM a SOCOM game mm-hmm. where they flew us up to Las Vegas and took us, took us out to the desert and set up a literal a battle royale fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> no way! <laughs> that, that would be cool. Like actual, they like military, like Navy SEAL dudes training on. us on twenty different kinds of firearms, like from pistols to like a fifty caliber sniper rifle that you had to like basically lie down to shoot, and it would you know dislocate. Are you into guns? Like, was that like a good time to you, or was that like, ooh, these are guns? I don't like having guns around. Yeah, like I'm not comfortable around guns, but I like shooting guns. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like shooting guns, and it's it was. It was kind of a, a cool way to, to to see the difference between video game guns and real guns. Sure. Like real guns are loud, so loud, and have so much power, mm-hmm. and they're hard. It's hard to hit. So I was good. We had a um, actually a, a a silenced pistol, which is really cool to shoot with a silencer. Mm-hmm. I was good with the pistol, but uh, a lot of the long guns were like AK forty seven and a, a, a P ninety or P was a P fifty, whatever the, the the little snubby stubby. I think it's P ninety, but I'm, now I'm thinking like, was it called something else in Goldeneye sixty four? Like, was it? I feel like they changed it or something. It was. I get mixed up with that. I don't know. <laughs> It could be. We had they basically any kind of firearm you've ever encountered in a video game. We get, we got to shoot that Come day, but that on. kind of stuff is like these. The industry is kind of I think pulled back a bit from that, and yeah. um, it's really good. It's probably for the better. I don't know if that stuff necessarily really makes for better stories and makes for cool, colorful features that promote these games. But are people really learning more about the new SOCOM game because some some guy went off the desert to shoot guns? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it enriched your life in some way and maybe it, it gave it, you... I still have the photos from that day, man. I still, that is so cool. You know, there's like some photos where I look pretty badass. No like doubt, I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, these... cat backwards and this freaking machine gun, man. Yeah. They're, they're nerdiest just... writers on the planet all, all geared up. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it just kind of goes to show like how I think diverse the how the message gets out now is like there's a trillion ways for for yeah. marketing and for for publishers to get the word out about their games now and like you know 10 15 years ago it was you're maybe kind of it like there wasn't really a whole heck of a lot it was magazines it was pc gamer and you know game informer and all these different things yeah. um so maybe that was it now they have to now they send like jenga sets to idiots <laughs> on Twitch and whatever, <laughs> like me. No, that's just it. Like you are the voice now. I was the voice then, and and, and people like you are the that's voice terrifying. now. Why is that? Why is that any more terrifying than 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 me and my my cohorts being the voice back then? We didn't know any better. I well, I feel like I don't know. Like I don't know. There's a training for you. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, maybe that's I mean, just yes. Like, you go through some schooling. Sure, yeah. but I don't think that. I don't think the. Um, and I I always said this from my career as a journalist. Journalism school gives you tools to know. How to structure your writing, yeah. uh, legalities around around reporting, um, things like that. But you don't need journalism school to have a voice For and sure. to, to have a way to express the voice. And that's uh, that's I mean that's where the whole generation of of streamers and 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 podcasters and and YouTubers has come out of that. Yeah. And I think it's like I'm a dinosaur now. Like I my I've sunk <laughs> into the tar pit. My my, my little dinosaur's head. <laughs> poking above the tar but it's like it's sinking no down it's but as my little head is, is poking above the tar i look around and i see guys like you and i see streamers and i see youtubers and i think like you know we're in good hands this is this is the direction that that this medium was supposed to evolve in mm. and it you know it has its faults and it has its yeah. drama good lord does it have its drama but um yeah. i i'm i'm pretty happy even though i'm not a part of it i'm pretty happy this is the way that uh, uh talking about games has evolved mm-hmm. well and that's like I think as as we age, like as as one ages and gets into different stages of their life, like gaming 
takes on a different role in their life too. Like it's just a natural part, I think, of, of life. Like when you're 15 years old, you're playing games in a different way versus when you're 35, 45 or whatever it is. So then how you communicate about games is going to naturally change as well. Like I can't talk about every JRPG that comes out. I can't talk about like, like even just the volume of games that I could talk about now is completely decreased. So I take a different angle and I think the way that the internet, it allows for all these different voices and all these different colors and flavors of the conversation to arise. But I feel like you and I may be connected on a, on a, on a thing here just for a second, because like you does everybody, no matter what, experience this self-doubt like that they shouldn't be doing what they're doing there may be i don't know like maybe some imposter syndrome like did you ever have mm-hmm. like that when you were writing or on on camera or anything like that oh dude that is that is i've, I've never grown out of that oh <laughs> really oh, yeah that's my day-to-day but i mean but yeah i mean like, i think everybody except unless you're like really narcissistic i think everybody yeah who who gets a certain level in in their their field feels like some days they don't know what the hell they're doing and and they're going to be found out and and you know, exactly odd. Yeah. yeah but i mean it just i think that's good i think it's healthy to have a certain amount of self-doubt it's not healthy to have like crippling self-doubt that keeps you from from pursuing this stuff but it's good to be able to look at your own work critically and not just like write something or 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 you know stream something and say this is great man i'm i'm freaking awesome this is so yeah. good yeah Couldn't right be better you gotta look at your work and say okay this that was okay Here's some ways I could improve. Here's mm-hmm. what I'll do next time. Here's what I'll learn from this. Like you always got to be growing. Yeah. Um, in what whatever profession it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be media in any any form. Whatever That's you're doing, you always got to be growing. I don't. You know, I gotta I gotta ask you. I want to ask you. I don't understand how people can be have a job, have kids, and have <laughs> any time left over for games. I'm always amazed and uh, you know astounded by parents who still make time, like you and Chelsea, who still make time for games like obviously probably not as much as it was before lincoln ellie came along but yeah. you guys still play and yeah. how where did the hour where does the energy where do the hours of the day come from it just it i, I can't fathom it's how the, you juggle all these balls it's the it's the team it's so funny because there was a couple days where um like chelsea and I, we become we were always such a great team um i just feel like we become even better and better and like when kids came around we, we face these challenges and through each challenge we become like better and stronger. Even when we got married, like we talk about um, like the, the piece of paper that says that we're married wasn't the thing that we were after. It was all of the struggles and challenges of getting married, like in Florida and like getting our family there and having the cruise ship, like um, all the bookings and everything that happened with that. And we had a, we had a rough time with our, with a travel agent, all the challenges, like it sucked. That was awful. Um, but getting through that together, like we forged our partnership through that. And so like by getting married and by facing all those challenges, we're like, we're getting set. And so when the kids come around and all these things kind of happen, you get these moments like what we had over the, over the holiday where we would kind of like tag each other in and out to go like, you sleep in today. I'm just going to take the kids. Like you kind of like get your recharge and you kind of do that thing. But like ultimately like she's taking on so much like she she runs christmas she knows like she's running the house like she's the ceo of the house so like it's the partnership is how that happens and then she's a gamer too like we came into our relationship both as gamers so when i want to just like go play games she goes yeah like that's what you should be doing right now there's never a moment or or a hint of what are you doing that for? Like, that's just, does, it just <laughs> doesn't even come into the conversation. And I game, I, it's funny because I probably game more now than I did um, 
or more regularly, I guess, than I did when I was like dating around, you know, because I was always kind of like right. trying to do something else. And that's why those relationships never worked out because I was wasn't really being all that true to myself. But then Chelsea right. and I met and we were just it's funny. We just had we set Lincoln up with the Skylanders for the first time. Oh, and wow, we've got, yeah. Like, Steve, we have countless Skylanders. There are literally <laughs> hundreds of Skylanders, like thousands of dollars in Skylanders. And it yeah. brought back, we were just talking about, like, hunting for Skylanders for each other. Like, it brought back these years of memories that we were, like, yeah. before the kids. So it's, I don't know, it's it's kind of core to us, but she does so much that allows me to do this. Like, she got the kids ready for, for dinner and for bed and everything, that I, I could make sure that everything down here was all set up. And she just... She it's it it's the partnership. It's all Chelsea. This <laughs> is really the secret. <laughs> it's all Chelsea. She'll be happy to hear that. No, I mean you guys work so well together. You are like you are the relationship kind of goal. Like the the the, the two of you, the the interest that you share, especially when it comes to gaming. I every time you guys would post a picture of the two of you downstairs with your twin <laughs> side by side playing, oh, it just warms my heart so much to see a couple that can like kind of just and just enjoy a hobby like that together. I know it's probably a little different now that you've got two kids and, it and, is, and yeah. time is a little more precious, but I mean, you guys work great together. I think you're both very lucky to, to have found each other. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, it's going to get even more ridiculous because we've just, uh, we've swapped out our couch. We've got two, like we're so, and we're very thrifty, Steve. Like I spent yeah. my money on maybe some like upgrades for this, for this space right here. But like we sold our couch and bought like, we've got a $50 recliner and a free recliner sitting next to it. We just picked them <laughs> up on like these buy and sells. So like, we're basically going to be like Joey and Chandler with our recliners. and oh, friends. Nice. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. And the, the biggest thing for us now is like, she, we, we've kind of like settled into our consoles. So this may be the thing, like maybe it's hopefully not the thing that drives us apart, but like I just want to play on my Xbox and she just wants to play on her PlayStation. Oh no. So we need cross play. We need to cross play. So (laughs) I actually kind of want to get into like Fallout 76 right now. Like I don't know what it is about this game. I wanted to ask if, if is Chelsea playing Fallout 76 at all? She is my fellow Fallout kind of. I know, I know. Has she played it? She's not been playing too much these days. She's actually been very busy with her photography business, oddly enough. Um, but over the holiday, I, I'm, I'm upgrading her computer. So I, <clears throat> I kept it in the garage for a couple extra days just so that she couldn't use it. So she's actually had to like force maybe some, some rest and maybe some gaming and stuff. Um, so I do, she hasn't jumped in. We played it like when it first came out, like I bought her the, the collector set with the, the, the garbage bag. With it. Remember, remember the problem with the bag? This must be the can, the beautiful the canvas, canvas bag. bag. <laughs> it was a freaking like, Vinyl piece of crap. Or we something now have like both. Yeah. We now have both bags, <laughs> and we put the we put that uh, power armor helmet on the top of a tree of our Christmas tree oh, every beautiful. year. It's great, um, but no, yeah, we. I, I don't know what it is. Like the the call of Fallout seventy six is there for me, but there's no crossplay, and I'm kind of like once you go to Series X, I don't know if I can go back to to next gen. Like, are you where are you at with Fallout, and then where are you at with um with next gen? I I never touched Fallout seventy six. I knew mm. I knew from the moment it was announced it was not for me. Fallout oh. for me has always been a really solitary experience, and and the settings of the games because the, the the literal wasteland is so lonely and desolate, and that's kind of what drew me to those games is yeah. that you are literally the lone wanderer right. uh, in this this desolate wasteland. The idea of being surrounded by other players or playing a game that had no kind of real definitive narrative to it. It didn't appeal. Like I like the universe, but mm-hmm. I don't like the universe so much that I would give up the solo narrative driven 
exploratory experience. That's what right. I'd love to follow Fallout. So yeah, I have not touched Fallout 76 at all. Mm. Um, you know, I've maybe that's ultimately like what's kept us from playing it. To be honest, like if we were really into it, like we would find a way to play it. But maybe it is like hashtag not my fallout. Like I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's part of it. But. <laughs> and plus the fact it was just so. I mean, it's obviously been patched to yeah, uh, you know, a, a more stable state. But the, it was so buggy at launch, and I'm just <laughs> I was kind of glad in a very mean way. I was kind of glad that it was that it was so bad at launch because I just thought you know. Todd Howard, this is what you get. This is what you get for mm. grabbing for this low-hanging um, MMO fruit and, yeah. and not pursuing a full-fledged single-player game. And we have, you know, we, we've heard from some camps how the the, the big-budget single-player experience is dead. And then PlayStation comes along and says, yo, like God of War, Horizon, uh, Spider-Man, like all these. Their entire lineup. Right. All these yeah. incredible single player experiences that have done incredibly well commercially. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that Sony and Sony Studios are out there kind of flying that flag and saying, yeah, yeah, you can still have an amazing, huge, expansive single player experience that makes the company money and makes people you know, happy. It doesn't have to all be games as a service. It can be just a self-contained thing. Is it kind of like a Nintendo approach? I'm not sure that anybody would really like compare the two companies this directly, but it does seem like if there were a Sony seal of appro- of approval or quality, that that's kind of like what they did with PS4. Like those, every, how many games weren't good? Like, um, like Order eighteen, yeah, like the like yeah. Order eighteen eighty six or whatever, and maybe Days Gone. Yeah, Days Gone. That was that was a rare misstep for them. I didn't even yeah. play it, so I just kind of like I really do kind of open ended Ron Burgundy question at the end. Like Days Gone. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I put about a dozen hours into it and then pieced out. It just wasn't yeah. grabbing. Um, yeah. But I played the order, whatever it was. It was such a short game. It was like yeah. I think like sixteen hours. You can blast through it. Even that had it, that had its charms. But yeah, they've just it, it is they kind of a, it. a very good analogy. That is kind of like Nintendo's. Um, you know, Nintendo is very protective of their IPs and their in-house stuff. Mm-hmm. And Sony is kind of in their own way um, through either determination or luck spun out this incredible yeah. you know, string of worlds of, of first-party studio titles that have been. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah. It's kind of interesting. I never thought of that before, but there's kind of a parallel between between PlayStation and Nintendo in that way. It's just like this stubbornness to like make sure the games are good, which is awesome because obviously we all benefit from that sort of thing versus the quantity. And <clears throat> I know I'm playing primarily on, on Xbox right now, but like we look last year and I think they had almost a game every month that they, they had either developed themselves or with first party or they'd published. But like how many of those games were on game of the year? type of conversations like mm-hmm. even ori which which should have been there and i will i will shout to the rooftops which i i've replayed ori in the will of the wisps over the break and just the game is damn near perfect in my opinion yeah but but microsoft isn't quite there yet in terms of like you know when the next time that a xbox game studios game comes out that that thing's going to be a banger you still kind of go i mean it's battletoads or who knows what what the next one yeah gonna be. yeah yeah and i think i think the whole problem with halo is kind of had put a little dent in that armor as well um nobody's really sure what to make right like maybe that maybe they maybe they were on this path of just like make sure like they buy all these studios make sure the games are coming out and maybe they go "Mm, let's make sure this one's a nine let's just actually and especially with cyberpunk that happened right around Uh, there too it's like okay yeah like we're good halo take a year take two for all for all i care if it's anything that's not like cyberpunk the fact that they have and the fact that they have the luxury and the wisdom to do that is is pretty impressive yeah. like uh not having halo as a launch title for series x was a blow like it's Seriously. the first xbox console as a launch for the halo title but it's if that's what it takes to get it 
right. Mm-hmm. And and Microsoft and and Phil Spencer and and those guys realize that. Then that's you know kudos to them for having the wisdom to to hold off, take the heat now, and but hold yeah. off and release a game that appealing. Well, I think it was it Miyamoto who was was it the saying attributed to him that uh um oh god help me out here it's like a, a bad game is bad forever. Oh, or, a delayed uh, delayed game is bad. A delayed game. I don't even know. It's, it's the most butchered quote yeah. in the in the history of of, of internet podcast. Everybody knows what we're talking. They know the quote we're talking mm-hmm. about. But mm-hmm. yeah, basically. Rush a game out, and if it's crap, it'll be crap forever. I, feel, I mean, not necessarily. No Man's Sky has proven that you can release a game in a, in a bad form and and patch it. And now, oh, man. I'm so I mean, happy course, for them. I'm happy for them, too. I mean, they kind of didn't – they kind of oversold the game that was coming out at launch. I don't really know what the whole backstory was there. If they were rushed to launch it when they did or they had grand visions, they just didn't have time to meet. But the fact that they stuck with that game for two years or over two years yeah. and turned it into what they said it was going to be, and now it – the No Man's Sky you play now is is bears very little resemblance in a good way to the No yeah. Man's Sky that had launched. And, and that now was four to, years ago. That was almost five years ago, that's Steve. A, oh my that's the thing. Like time that's... doesn't even make sense anymore. I think that was 2016. I think No Man's Sky. Oh and my I, goodness, Like I want to go back. I know some people will be able to like cherry pick certain things that maybe Sean Murray said, but like my recollection of this, and I remember commenting on this at the time too, just as I was getting into writing. And God forbid anybody finds any of my old articles because goodness <laughs> gracious. Um, but, like, the whole complaint of that game back in those days was, why aren't they telling us anything about this game? Why can't we know anything about No Man's Sky? Like, what is it? Tell us more. Stop being so secretive. And then it comes out, and it's like, you promised us the world. It's like, wait a second. Weren't you just complaining that they were being secretive and cagey about all this stuff this entire time? It's like, I felt like he did the right thing, but I don't know. So I'm really glad that he, and I say he, like his he like the team, they they just kind of went, okay, we're going to step back. We're going to go away from everybody. We're going to work on this, which is a yeah. totally opposite approach than Fallout 76, Anthem, all these other games that are that have come out with these crazy, crazy launches, crazy bad, and they, they go, we're going to make it better. We're going to make it better. And then they kind of don't, whereas yeah. Sean Murray and his group, they, they really did. So, yeah, who knows what this – if this I, Miyamoto quote I don't understand anymore. Yeah, I don't understand how they had the money to do that though. Like, I don't know how Hello <laughs> Games like this. Seriously, well, they didn't release anything else during that time, as far well, as I know. It sold. It sold well, which is why there was so much noise. I think about it. Like, I think they they still got paid, <laughs> but <laughs> I think they did all right. Well, good for them. And now, mm-hmm. now the question is: Does CD Does CD Projekt Red run with the money they made off Cyberpunk? Because God, it's a lot of money they made off Cyberpunk already. Or do they say, you know, we have got to rebuild the reputation of the studio by making this game yeah. better. I don't even know. Like I've, I have dumped a lot of time in cyberpunk. I'm about have 30 you really? hours in. Have you really? Yeah. 30 hours in doing almost exclusively side quests. Cause that really? is the way I play RPGs. It's totally broken and backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm only on uh, like the early stages. I think of uh, act two in the, the main story. Yeah. But man, I've been all over the map doing side have quests. You really leveling up. And getting good guns, which is weird because the combat in the game is not great. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, um, it's so weird because Watch Dogs Legion came out right before Cyberpunk did, and the driving, the hacking, the gunplay, the uh, kind of character, the NPC AI is all better than Watch Dogs. Oh, Legion. Oh snap! Wow. Cyberpunk. And yet, but Cyberpunk's pull, and it is a big pull, is the world. It is Night yeah. City. It is incredible, and I'm I'm lucky enough to be playing on a absolute monster of a pc oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it is yeah. like, i haven't i have barely touched the console since i finished this pc so i've got a beastly rig to play cyberpunk on I and love it looks it. 
great. Well, I love that you're playing cyberpunk on it. Not that you didn't build this rig and then go back and play like I don't know Warcraft or something <laughs> on it. Like, yeah, Minecraft, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Go back and play like League of Legends or something. But yeah, no, it's because um, um, I debated it too. I I thought naively that cyberpunk on Series X and PS5 would be basically the same as it is on a on a PC. But man, yeah. no, that game is made for a PC. Yeah, and then dismantled and broken for consoles i know they're going to do the next gen patch for the next gen consoles next yeah. this year but um yeah the only way to play that game in any kind of reasonable fashion and, and actually get out of it what the developers put into it is mm-hmm. i think with a good pc like it's it's certainly playable on the consoles but sure. it's it's um I mean, one of the strongest points of the game is the way it looks and when, it, when you're like playing at uh you know 4k and and uh, ray tracing on and it's just oh yeah the, comes to life it's very it's a very empty world it's very non-interactive it's very a lot of uh, uh set dressing as a lot of people have said but and the uh, the npc ai is atrocious and the police ai is <laughs> atrocious slash like this slash game just, of the year yeah <laughs> but i don't know there's something about it. i go back and i just look for the 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 yellow exclamation points or question marks on the map mm. or I just go look for the little crime icons and i go and i shoot a bunch of dudes in the head with my crazy ass uh, wall penetrating guns and it's it's uh, it's kind of satisfying. Uh, That's good my... for you. Well, I was going to ask you about like how you separate like gaming for fun versus like gaming for work, and that kind of feel like you kind of described that a little bit. Where you're just like, if you were playing that for work, are you like for a review, for example? Like, are you are those experiences, are those bugs and the like the crashes and everything a little bit more debilitating versus like yeah, there's like some bugs and like yeah, the AI is non-existent, but like I'm having a great time. Is there is there a separation there or does that flow through in your review? Like I, I'm curious how you approach those types of things. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of lucky in a way now that I don't do a lot of reviews. I, I've never been, I don't think a terribly strong reviewer in, in any medium for any, for any medium. Like yeah. I've done reviews, I've done uh, TV reviews, concert reviews, game reviews. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I've never thought I'm, I've never felt that I'm a really good uh, critical analyst of stuff. Yeah. These are probably certainly my strongest suit because I understand more about the process of games and the, the workings of games and and how game mechanics should work. It's really tough for me even now. Like I'm not reviewing. I won't. I'm not reviewing Cyberpunk. I wrote a, a story um, for the Sun about the bugs in the launch. Right. But uh, I'm not reviewing it. But it's hard to draw off my critic brain sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've also done over the last few years. I've done a little bit of uh, consulting on the side where I go into to studios and play through. Um, pre-release versions of games and really and report on um, how they're likely to be received critically. Yeah. So that's that's when I have to hypertune my critic senses and For really sure. try to think about what are critics going to say, what are they going to find fault with in this game. And when I'm playing through Cyberpunk, I'm like, oh man, I wish I'd consulted on this game because there are a freaking billion things. Not even yeah. not even just the bugs or the big things, but there's a a thousand like death by a thousand cuts there are a thousand tiny little irritations that mm-hmm. could be easily fixed. just tiny ui things or tiny gameplay flow things or just things i feel like they could have fixed that would just have made the the, the fix without too much effort right that could have made the, the experience that much more pleasurable so it's hard to turn off that part of my brain definitely sometimes. but now my work gaming is is almost strictly ios and oh, it's so totally different yeah, so when I'm playing for pleasure, I'm playing on console or PC, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's now much easier to make that separation, and there's not so much kind of bleeding over between the two, which right. I, which I like. 
are you playing like the new stuff all the time as well like is there is there something about cyberpunk that you're like nope don't care i hear all the news i see everything what everybody's saying like i want to dive in because like i look at everything and i go i don't need to play that right now i feel like very liberated by just saying like i actually returned my copies i did the whole thing oh, yeah, like, yeah. I, I had a pre-order steve i forgot i pre-ordered it three times i pre-ordered it <laughs> twice from amazon and <laughs> once from walmart and they just started like showing up i'm like because oh, it was like, announced like how many years ago like there's all these deals that like popped yeah. up for pre I'm like gotta get this deal so um and i'm like i just know they're gonna fix it and you know, maybe in a year's time, it'll be the game it's meant to be. And like, is there exactly. is there a regret that you may have of like playing it early? Or it's not so much regret. I I, I did. I really thought about just holding off. Like yeah. exactly what you described. Thought about holding off several months um, until the next gen patch was on console because I didn't know right. at the time I was building this this insane PC. Um, and then at launch, hearing about all the bugs, I thought maybe I need to hold off. But I uh, like Cyberpunk is my jam. Like like Blade Runner <laughs> is probably my my favorite movie of there all time. Yeah. I have. I should go run and pull it out for you. Uh, but I have the first edition 1988 uh, tabletop role-playing version of Cyberpunk, the game. Oh, no way. Yeah, set in the, the far distant future of 2013. Stop, no way. <laughs> yeah, so I've been, I've been into Cyberpunk since, like, I think it was William Gibson or whoever coined, mm-hmm. maybe somebody, whoever coined the word Cyberpunk back in the early 80s. That's kind of where he like, was, Euromancer was. He was tweeting about it, I think. I think he was jumping in on a thread about Cyberpunk and somebody was trying to tell them, like, teach him about, like, what Cyberpunk really <laughs> yeah, is. And it's just like, are you for real, dude? <laughs> like, just look at this profile, man. Just like, are you serious right now? Oh, man. So, I don't think there was ever an option for me not to play rid of the game. Yeah. In fact, I, uh, you probably can't see it. It's behind me. But I, this is, this is, this is my shame. I, I ordered the friggin'. Oh, I love it. Like yeah, it's with the, the stupid statue and the art books and the, the all the... The stuff that came with it, and I really thought about taking it back, man. I thought, like, I open up the box, and I, I don't want the statue. I don't care about the statues, but I love the tactile kind of um, world-building books, like the evidence bag and the, the the map to Night City. That kind of, I miss that kind of stuff from the yeah. games back in the, the the 80s and 90s when you would play like a an RPG on your your Commodore 64 or whatever, and it would come in a box mm-hmm. with two thick, you know books on mm-hmm. lore of the world and a cloth map like i miss that yep. stuff i miss the the feelies right? we, had a, so, we had a lord of the rings game on pc back in the early early 90s I, i'm sure of it. it was this middle and it came with a, a map of middle earth and like this was yeah. my I, and i had to i realized it in the early 2000s after seeing the lord of the rings games like i didn't read the books or anything they were always my they were always my my dad's favorite my dad's favorite book is the hobbit and so we went to sell Lord of the Rings, and then I realized Middle Earth. This was this game that we had that we had no idea how to play, but it came with, like you said, like it came with all that stuff. And the only way to describe the document that comes with it is a is a book. It's like a five yeah. pound like yeah <laughs> thing. It's huge. It's something that's leather bound, basically. It's massive. I want to say too, as you reached behind you, um, you broke my brain a little bit because your arcades I thought were far down the the room oh, like i no. thought those were they're actual size arcade <laughs> they're on the table they're just right there like it just did this weird perspective thing that just totally broke my brain my desk is actually 10 feet long that's yeah, what they're, I, they're on the other side of the room i yeah. was like down the hall i thought you had like a hallway and like, you had like these four arcade systems like, like a little action figure standing in front of them for scale but these are um <laughs> i mean it's it i'll describe it for people listening it's uh, a company called replicate uh, replicate and new wave toys they put out uh beautifully done scale models of old uh, arcade cabinet games. And these things, and, and Dragon's Lair is the latest one. Oh, Asteroid is so cool. shipped. It's on its way. So I'll have five of them soon. So I got, yeah, Street Fighter 2, Dragon's Lair, Centipede, 
Tempest and Asteroids on the way. And these are the games I grew up on, man. These yeah. are the games that I was into as a kid. So to have these these really lovingly recreated scale models that look and sound and even have the like the tiny little like the little <laughs> the joysticks. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they work? Like do those controllers work? Like how, can you play oh, yeah. it? It plays like the like the like it. There's a little bit of input lag on on Tempest that's that makes it a little harder to play, but sure. play like the original games. Yeah. Oh and my god, that is not just props. Thing. They don't just light up. They are actual like they're. I think they run on some player of Android, but they're like em, perfectly emulated versions of the game, licensed, and the cabinets look like they did back in the day. So yeah, I, I freaking love these things. Even the, like the, way make, the coin slots are, they lit up just perfect. That red is perfect, or red orange yeah. or whatever. Oh, and then we, great. You actually want to. Uh, uh, like get credits for the game, you push in on the coin slot as if you come on to 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 rack up credits. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so replicate is uh, if they release a hundred of these things, I'll buy a hundred of them. I'll have to get That's a bigger cash. But I, yeah. I love my my little tiny arcade machines. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, I want to kind of. There's some parallels that I'm, I'm I've been thinking about with Cyberpunk and its launch and what it'll eventually be, and then the launch of Xbox and PlayStation, what it will eventually be. And I'm like, you've covered. I don't know how many like how many console launches have you covered in your in your time? Like, has it been three? In terms of actually covered um, uh, as a journalist, um, I was at CES when the original Xbox was announced oh, by Bill Gates and, mm-hmm. and Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so that might have been the first one I covered. It like my first E3 was two thousand. The Xbox came out two thousand one. I want to say does that sound right? It sounds about right. Yeah. Xbox, yeah. I think it was it was it the year after Dreamcast. I think Dreamcast was ninety nine. I think the Xbox was two thousand. Yeah. So it was yeah, that that makes sense because then where I don't know. Anyway, it was like anyway. they were so Halo for the first time. If only there like, was like this endless like um at our fingertips something that could Some way allow to look us to look it up. No I will but I mean the public library is closed. There's no there's other no way, way to know. Think. Yep. So, I don't yep. burn my encyclopedia. That's what I that's when I started covering actual games for like uh yeah. uh um newspapers and magazines so it's been yeah like uh what three four generations of consoles so, you, so now? you've seen the cycle that the purpose of the question is kind of like how the same how much the same and how different is this launch versus others like it's they're they're brand new they're bigger than ever like you get i just saw at ikea there's a little dummy model <laughs> show if you can so fit clever, these. Actually, it's so yeah. good well and what and it, it, it actually kind of pokes fun at them too like these are the actual size of these like meme ish like size uh yeah, consoles. yeah, the, yeah. um <laughs> So like the, those are, those are different. They're basically like little little PCs um, that we're trying to fit under our, our TVs in our small apartments. Um, but is this basically like the same type of rollout, or is it completely different uh, for the new consoles this time around? Because like like I said, in some cases it seems totally the same. Or I'm kind of anticipating that the the actual smart time to buy a PlayStation Five or an Xbox Series X is actually like next September. Like I bought my PS4 yeah, exactly. in I think October or November the the following year, and I was stoked about it because that's when I got the Destiny like the white glacier white Destiny uh, edition PS4 yeah. it was perfect, and so I like yeah like you know we're gonna have a good time with our consoles in the in the next ten months or so but is really the time to buy it still a year after is that always the case with consoles I think it's always the case it's just yeah. it's just uh, developers need as much time as possible before a console launch they've got maybe. Like a, a, you know, they they got some general specs, but in terms of of dev kit hardware, they probably only got it for like a, a year or less to really yeah. fine tune the games for the machines. So I think we always see the best games in a console come out. The good games are come out a year or two after launch. The greatest games come out towards the end of the generation when yeah. uh, the developers really have had a lot of time 
get familiar with the hardware, but even just a long development cycle. Like, you know, if you, right. it takes you three years to make out an amazing AAA game, you can't do that for a console launch. Mm-hmm. I think the difference now is that we're seeing just less and less of a dramatic difference between generations. Like, um, like Xbox to Xbox 360 or, or, or PS1 to PS2, that was a jump, man. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, or look at SNES to N64. Like, that was... <laughs> an entire dimensional shift, literally like, mm. it was, like it was just like nothing we'd seen. Now we're just seeing kind of like, like games on the new consoles look great. Like, like right. Ori, Ori is one of the most beautiful games. Honestly, certainly at launch, uh, uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Demon Souls. Looks Demon incredible. Souls looks amazing. Yeah. But these are not necessarily experiences. And in many cases, they are not experiences that are exclusive to this, to this hardware. Like you can play Miles Morales on, on last gen and, um, you know, Demon Souls looks amazing, but, the game world and the, the the gameplay are obviously you know it's a it, it's a remake. So I think we're just seeing we're seeing less kind of generational leaps ahead each generation. Mm-hmm. I just worry like I just if we if we keep going down this road, and I don't think we're going to go down this road much longer. I think after another generation or two, games will simply be uh, a streaming service. You know, yeah. once that technology is is ubiquitous, there's no reason to have a box full of sil- like high end silicon in your living mm-hmm. room. When you can do something like 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 we're seeing a taste with Stadia and with Nvidia's service and even with uh, X Cloud stuff, we're seeing a t- and, and PlayStation now, we're seeing a taste of what this technology can do. And I think once it gets it's available to everyone and is is smooth enough to offer the same experience we get with the silicon in our living rooms, there's no need to have the box. So I think we're probably a, a generation or two away from that right now. But I just worry about this trend uh, of mm, excuse me of the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, like mm-hmm. these kind of mid-generation upgrades that gets a little too close to the, the cycle of like smartphones. And stuff. Phones, I don't want to yeah. be buying a new Xbox every year. Like I, I, if I have to buy a new smartphone every year or two, okay, I see that as kind of a necessary upgrade. I don't want to be upgrading my gaming hardware every yeah. year or two. But I don't know. Like, it, But in a lot of ways, it, it does feel the excitement around it is, is familiar. This year was just so different. Just in so many ways, though. We had no events. We had no E3. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had no kind of in-person events to go. People no were calling for the, for the death of E3 before COVID, though. Do you think that's going to change? Like, do people want it back? Is there going to be like, a, even if it's the same old, same old, like, we'll just be happy to have it? Like, maybe COVID was the best thing to happen to E3. Yeah, I think E3 was going to evolve anyway. And I think, yeah, COVID has probably hastened its its demise. Like, I have a lot of feelings about E3. I, I went to E3 for, I missed uh, 2000 was my first year and I missed out of the following 20 years. I missed two, I think. So I've been to 17 or 18 E3s. As a, so just as when a, I went, you weren't there. Out of, out of all the times that you missed it, <laughs> I will finally go and yeah, you're, you're yeah, back home. There. Dang it. Oh man. Because I think you played, I think you played um, Zelda the year before that or maybe the, maybe it was two years before that, I think. So I think you got to play Breath of the Wild just before they, they announced that. Was- yeah, yeah, like that kind of stuff is exciting, but um, I don't know if we need a big show. Like these companies, they invest literally millions of dollars in in having a presence at E3 in terms of not only just the the, the show floor and then the booths and all the logistics around that, but mm-hmm. in creating these 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 slices of gameplay to show, and that just draws so much manpower away from like these things that we see at E3. These are not. They're not just saying, okay, we've got the game developed to this point. Let's take a D3. That right. is, that's rarely, rarely the case. What they're usually doing is they're developing a vertical slice that shows all, all kinds of gameplay. And it has to be developed separately from the main flow of the game. Like a lot of those assets, obviously, are going to be created anyway. But it's a hugely resource-intensive process to create a 
good, thorough AAA uh, E3 demo. And I just mm-hmm. feel like that money and that time could be better spent just putting it into the game and, and polishing the game for its eventual consumer release. Yeah. And just, you know, E3 was a spectacle that was, that was really well served for um, um, people being there in person. Sure. But now so much of that we can just we can just watch on the stream or, or even now like what Xbox yeah. is doing for demos that, that you can play during events. I don't know. Do you think we need I'm, to I'm just selfish. I was going to ask you, like, maybe I'm just being selfish because I do think that there's like if, if you or I if you and I were in the same room right now, the podcast is different. Like our conversation is slightly different. Yes, we we can do this, but I just feel like I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of like, let's get in the same room together and chat there's a different energy and there's something else i don't know sure. what it is i have to like yeah, articulate sure. this in a different way because i don't think that it quite captures the true difference of an on-site live in-person interaction yeah no i agree i agree um and i think that's what we're seeing during COVID as well with people working from home a lot of companies are finding that the the synergy or the, or the, the, the exactly. culture of the really suffered because people are not in the same space and mm-hmm. it's just you can zoom all you want, and it's not the same thing as being in a room with a person. And yeah, I guess there is that D three, but I've, I mean, for part of and then the when do we was, see the benefit too? I, th- I think that's probably the part that like I need to be sold on is like because what you're saying absolutely makes sense. Take all the money and like they, that you're going to spend on E three, and don't spend that. Put that and focus into the final product. It's mm-hmm. I don't know, like it's an impossible destination. Like it's a, it's an indescribable, undefinable um, end state that. We can never go, okay, now we've done it. Now you're seeing the benefit of no longer investing in E3. Now look how much better the games are because we're not investing in E3. It's like nobody will be able to tell. Like you'll never be able to really acknowledge and recognize games are better. Like Cyberpunk was trash and they didn't do E3 this year. You know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously an extreme example. But like, you know, where do we go to in a place where we go, okay, cool, I'm good with no E3 anymore because games are better. I just don't know if that's possible. Yeah, I think, but I think the game companies, like a lot of them, have been checking out for years now. EA and Microsoft and um, and Nintendo all kind of withdrew from E3. Yeah. Nintendo just was doing the directs. Um, EA did their offsite thing. Microsoft's been doing an offsite thing. And I think too that these companies don't see a, a lot of uh, bang for the buck when they are crammed into a four day event where they are screaming over the noise of everybody else's announcements. Like if you are Microsoft or Ubisoft, like if you're a developer. Um, you don't necessarily want to have your big game announced alongside your competitor's big game. Like you yeah. would rather take that money, put it into your own event on your own terms with your own timing, um, directed at your audience and engaging with your audience rather than trying to do it during this, the absolute chaos that is E3. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of companies have seen that. Like we, Sony hasn't been at E3. Uh, wasn't at the last, what, one or two E3s, I don't think. They definitely were going to get out of E3 this year, regardless of COVID. I think they made that announcement before exactly. any, of the, yeah. any of that stuff happened. So yeah, it's just the, the engagement with the fans. And yeah, I think I'm just being maybe a little bit, a little bit selfish and thinking over the last year, trying to think of what was because of, covid and what was because we didn't get e3 like we got i don't know like i don't know if it was a better experience for gamers is kind of like where i'm at with it is like we got a bunch of stuff throughout the spring and the summer that i don't know that if anybody was like really oh thank god i got that right now and you know what i mean like i I just don't know how gamers came came around with it but if i'm a developer or publisher or something like that i look at 2020 had the biggest year in spending so Maybe E three isn't like such a big driver. Maybe events like that aren't. Like I'd probably pull out as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we are going to see. Uh, I don't think we're going to be at a state where we can have a regular E three next year. Like E three is yeah. not coming back next year the way it was. 
2022 will be the interesting year. That's when, you know, things should be fully back to normal, <laughs> knock on wood. No doubt. And then to see what form E3 takes in 2022 will be That'll really That'll be when the aliens show up, Steve. We'll, oh, get, we'll, we'll take care of COVID. We'll the zombies will show in. up afterwards. Aliens so. come. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> then if they're going to come and, you know, probe us or whatever, that's probably a short <laughs> process. It's not something that's going to take, like, long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather that. Lead probe than than have to sit at home for another. You know, isn't that like the, that's year. the question I should just start every single conversation with? Is would you rather a year long or two and a half years of COVID or just a quick alien invasion? This yeah, is just oh, a quick, quick little probe. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, totally not related. Tell me about your PC, man. You talk about this monster PC. You're like, why? Why now? Why did you build it? And what what do you got um, in there? I've always been like, I, I come from a PC gaming background. My first gaming machine was a computer. I, I kind of skipped a whole swath of consoles. I was into like the, uh, Sean Capri. These are computers that were out long before your time. <laughs> it was in like to the, the Apple IIe and IIc and the Commodore 64. All these, those were my gaming machines back yeah, in the day. Man. So I, I, I miss kind of the NES and SNES era. I kind of got my I, a wonderful girl I was dating at the time bought me an SNES. It was one of the greatest gifts. Surprise no gifts kidding. I asked for it. I didn't even know I wanted it. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. Video games. You know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but so PCs always kind of be my thing. And uh, my gaming PC was getting a little long in the tooth and a little unreliable. And I, uh, I've just been socking away money for a long time. Good for you. To, to build this PC. So it's... Um, it's based around uh, uh, Intel Core i9 10900K, uh, and a, I managed to get my hands on <laughs> a, uh, uh, an RTX 3080 card. So yeah, so it is basically a friggin' who monster. do you know? Holy cow! Yeah. How did you? Is it just? Is it different in Toronto than it is somewhere else? Like, seems like those are impossible. You must have called in a favor or something. I got I had a little bit of help. Yeah, <laughs> help some of the companies who who make this stuff, but. Um, um, I'd kind of been angry. Like I pre-ordered, yeah. uh, I, 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 when I saw where the stuff was going, I, I went and grabbed stuff as, as early as I could. And then it finally all arrived. And I had boxes piled on my, my, my table, but I haven't built a PC in like the last PC I got was a pre-built. I haven't built my own PC probably in like 15 years. Yeah. And like a lot's changed in 15 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was terrified. The process of building a PC is both exhilarating and terrifying. And so I watched a billion YouTube videos. I read a billion guides. Um, I went so slowly and carefully. Like an experienced builder can, can, with with all the components, can assemble a PC in about an hour. You know, know, like if you know what you're doing, you've done it a lot, like maybe an hour. I took about three days. I was going to say, like a long weekend? Yeah. I'm with you, dude. Just bit by bit, and mm-hmm. like every single thing I put in, I like I read. I never read manuals. I'm not a big manual reader. I read every manual that I came with every it. component. I read the motherboard manual. I read the friggin' you know uh, the drive manuals. I read everything, so I just mm-hmm. didn't want to make any mistakes. And um, and I didn't go for one of these like uh, massively over like LED RGB. Sure. Lit- yeah. It does have some RGB lighting. The fans are, have uh, uh, programmable RGB lighting, and they're just they look really nice. Mm-hmm. They'll be insane. And the case has a clear side so you can see the guts. And there's a little bit of RGB lighting inside, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, the terrifying thing was putting it all together and then turning it on for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I remember it's that. Singing a boot. <laughs> you see, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, set it up, plugged everything in, hit the power switch, nothing. I'm like, yeah. 
God, please tell me. Then I realized I hadn't actually turned on the master switch on the power supply. Oh, stop. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I turned that on, tried it again, and it, you know, booted to the, to the, to the BIOS. And, um, you know, I set stuff away, the way I like, and then it got Windows installed. And, dude, it runs so like fast. butter. Like, oh, my God. No I crashes, no glitches. I can't believe how smoothly this PC mm. is running. Again, knock on wood. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, I've been enjoying – like, I've actually put off – playing some games until not just not just cyberpunk but probably playing some games until i had the beast like i really i'm hankering for uh like a really kind of good old school rpg so i really want to play uh divinity original sin 2 yeah yeah that's about it but i was holding off i'm like i'm gonna play it at a freaking max settings mm-hmm. like all the sliders as far as the way as far over to the right as i can go so i've been waiting to play like i've got this library building up of, of pc games that i'm waiting to play mm-hmm. and uh now that I have the PC, Cyberpunk is taking the lion's share of it, and That's I don't know why. Like again, it's not, it's not a great game, but there's a just the little RPG hooks in there. Like, oh man, now I've got this perk that makes this gun even sweeter, and I can <laughs> shoot dudes' heads off through like ten feet of concrete. And uh, oh, I like my my hand, my my arm grenade launcher has like electrical effect now, and so it just keeps kind of pulling me into these these really kind of basic combat. Uh, things but you had yeah, me so at arm really grenade launcher yeah. <laughs> it was a it is a it is a monster it's up but already better cards are on the horizon you know better CPU. i know yeah but that's a that's a no win you gotta know moment and jump in and then understand that the current is going to keep flowing past you once you jump in but it's yeah it's been a lot of fun to play oh, with that's the best. i haven't played a lot of uh, uh ps5 or, or series x since i got it yeah why why buy an xbox you have a you have a gaming pc what about um <laughs> what about wasteland like speaking of like the the lone i mean it's not quite as desolate as fallout but like wasteland 3 i thought i had a lot of fun with wasteland 3 earlier yeah, i gave wasteland 2 a big try because i was a fan of the original like fallout 1 and 2 which is right. like this is kind of a spiritual successor to those games um i love a good good turn-based uh, uh uh rpg but um wasteland 2 was hard i found it really yeah. hard and um that makes me feel better I mean, because I'm not really experienced in those games, and I get my ass kicked in those games. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how, what I'm doing at the best of times. So, if you're having a hard time with that, definitely makes yeah. me feel better. So, I, I looked at Wasteland Three, and uh, I don't know something about the settings. Something about the snowy settings didn't do it for mm. me. Like, I don't know if that's the whole game, but I like, I, I thought, okay, it's building on lore I'm not familiar with. It's setting kind of like a snow swept setting. I prefer my 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 post apocalypse to be like dusty and brown. Not <laughs> yeah, at like, least it's warm. <laughs> So I haven't touched it. I might try it sometime, but it, but there are other That's RPGs wacky. I want to I want to get to before yeah. I put that. Yeah, I love it. Like I, I'll try to line up maybe like a maybe a couple two or three hour games in between my my big lengthy ones, and you go like, okay, I've got like five RPGs that I'm going to get to <laughs> in the next little bit here. That's so what awesome. are you playing? What's what's what are you when you have your carved oh. out for gaming? What are you playing? Can I tell you the most heartbreaking thing that's happened to me? I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody about this um, because Chelsea's been so busy with the kids and everything, Christmas and everything. I don't want to come upstairs and go like, guess what happened? This sucky thing with this game that I've been really enjoying is like this. The situation happened. I don't want to. I don't want to complain to her. But I was loving Immortals: uh, Phoenix Rising. And oh, yeah. I was really enjoying it. I was actually kind of looking at the, I was going back and forth between that and Assassin's Creed. And I went like, I just got to pick one of these giant open world, like these endless things. So I, I, I went with the lighter hearted mm-hmm. uh, immortals and I just kept losing save progress. I would play for two or three hours and I'd hit save getting ready to shut the thing down and it would freeze as I was saving it. And it happened oh, two no. days in a row. And I just, 
I can't I can't keep like wondering if I'm gonna like maybe save progress or not. And I don't know if this is something that a lot of people have experienced, but I oh, was that loving that. So I'm kind of just like I'm kind of mourning the loss that I've had because <laughs> I really liked you, it. You were talking to somebody on one of the the uh, the, the podcast from late last year. I don't know if it was Brock or um, oh maybe might have been Brock about about Immortals and was it him? Somebody said that they had a great time for like the first 10 hours or so. And then the game just never it. really evolved from there. Was mm-hmm. it, yeah. And I never, I don't know if I've got, to, if I ever got to that point. I mean, like Brock is really good for that. Like for recognizing that, like it's sort of like a game has hit a point and it just kind of like carries on. I was buying into that though, at least at the point that I was at with it was, yeah. I, I understood that like this, it's got a little tiny icon. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to jump into a, into a hole in the ground and do the, the shrine or dungeon thing or whatever. And I was like, I'm good. Cause I see the little numbers pop up and that means that my progress and the little check marks, like that was hitting the lizard brain. Uh, yeah. for me, that was, that was really good. So I, I might try to jump back into Assassin's Creed. It's like, it's still Ubisoft, but it's so different. Like it's, it's so similar, but so different in terms of like tone. It's just so serious. And I'm playing yeah. as female Ivor. <laughs> She's got the Christian Bale, like Batman voice. She's really into it. So I'm just like, I, I feel like I need a, a gradual, um, change into that but i do this thing every once in a while see where i like i don't know if you do the same like i've listed 64 games that i could be any one of these games if somebody just want to like play that one i'll be happy with these 64 games i'm gonna do like a like a tournament bracket where people will choose like (laughs) i'm gonna group them i've got a group stage and everything i've got groups of four so people will vote uh and have have these games move on to the next round we'll do like a we'll do a a, an event on twitch where people will vote live for which game goes on to the final It'll be like a march madness like there's literally nice. like a bracket you can go to like <laughs> challenge.com or something and you can like set up your own tournament brackets and people are using them for their ball hockey tournaments or whatever it is i'm sitting here doing like what game am i gonna play next man i'm not i'm not really sure it's um i've been playing a lot of like tetris effect connected which has been awesome um gosh what the heck was the last i feel like like i bought street fighter 2 championship collection like the all the games that are um just in that one like street fighter one and then all 16 street fighter two versions or whatever it is uh yeah. i've been playing a lot of that and i suck ass at that game but i just <laughs> it's just been kind of fun to like sit back and kick back and and play that a little bit so do you ever get that that thing where maybe it's just like a, a an overwhelming abundance of choice where all like, okay I've, I've got a couple hours to play here's my you know stack of shame here are all the games i should play i look at it and i think and I, I just, I don't know where to start. I don't know mm-hmm. what I want to play. I get intimidated by this, and I just like fall back to like Rocket League or something. You know, yep. Rocket League, which I've put thousands of hours into now. But Same. I know it's like it's it's easy, it's tasty, it's simple. There's no, I don't have to learn any new controls. I don't have to worry about anything. It's just, but I don't know. It's it's just seems like such a waste to have all these great games just crying out to be played, mm-hmm. and then ignoring them and going back to a game that you've already put so much time into. It was you've experienced your fullest already. Rocket League, I've platinumed on the PlayStation. I've gotten over a thousand gamer score on on Xbox. I've played it on Switch. Like Ooh. I have played the mess your, out of Rocket League. What's your League. rank? What's your? I don't even know. Like that's the thing. I'm not good at it. It's just like it's only it's just been out for so long that I've put this many hours into it. And I just kept buying it wherever it showed up because I just yeah. I feel like they just hit it out of the park with everything about it. And now they've kind of moved on to a different like they're free to play and it's a bit of a different model. But like when they're doing the DLC, like every license they ever did was perfect for it. I've got, I drive around with my, either my, my Echo, what the heck is it called? Echo One from Ghostbusters or, um, 
or the the Jeep from Jurassic Park or <laughs> yeah, Batman, some sort of Batmobile. <laughs> yeah, like I just really I just love that game. It's just silly and I love the music. It's just everything. I think it looks fantastic. It just mm-hmm. keeps looking better and better. So, yeah, that's that's something that I continue to fall back on. And like I said, I just finished Ori again for the second time. And I'm this time of year, maybe it's the same with you, like I kind of I feel like I've got like this opening and this freedom. Like there's not really anything coming out today or tomorrow or really in the next probably two or three months where I'm like, I've got to play that. So I do feel like I can kind of go back and play either something I've never played before or play something that I love, like something I know, like I'm constantly playing something new, I think mostly for like the Xbox drive. And I I feel like that's like, you know, part of that, that, that part of the pun, it drives a lot of my decision is like probably should play something new, but I love rise of the tomb Raider. You know what I mean? Like, and I love doom from 2016. Like I love these games are, some of my favorite games of all time and i overlook or i i skip over them to play something that may be good or maybe isn't so to, in pursuit of like the next best thing so yeah. i kind of waver i overthink this like way way too I much do. obviously no, but i'm the exact same way yeah and i overthink myself into a corner and then it's like then it's rocket league or mm-hmm. or something i've played like a played again like i i don't know what it is i don't know what it, it, it's a weird thing uh, it just it's like, do you do the thing like where you have to be like at a certain like when you start a game? I feel like I like I have to be in a very specific state of mind, time of day. Yes. All of these different yes. factors have to line up for me to start a game. Can't start yes. a game like if we're just like I can't start a game now. There's no way, brand new game, not <laughs> a chance. Like I fired up Mortal Shell for some stupid reason. Like that's a hard like a it's like an indie developed Bloodborne Dark Souls kind of game. Why did I start that at eleven thirty? That was dumb. I'll probably never go back to that, but it was very cool game it just reminded me of like i have it it seems like i've got like these certain criteria that have to align for me to start a game or to continue on like i've got to remind myself even how to play assassin's creed to jump back into it yeah i i kind of ran almost ran into that with cyberpunk i think the thing that saved me was i had been anticipating this game for years right and and wanting to get this for years and i'm slightly surprised i actually started playing it at all but it was intimidating again to get into it. It's like this game that I have so much expect, expectation for, but I've seen the reviews. I've seen, you know, I know it's not going to be what I want it to be. But I don't know. Yeah, like I have to have. It's like weird. Like my house has to be clean. Like I can't have <laughs> yeah, chores hanging over my head if I'm exactly. going to start a new game. But mm-hmm. I can I can blow off a few games of Rocket League with with stuff like on the back burner and probably spend the gonna... same amount of time in the end. To be honest, yeah, like, you know, I'll just play some Rocket League for five minutes. Three hours later, like shit. <laughs> but yeah, I I I, I am I am kind of glad now that uh, the, the PC is built. Um, Christmas is over. December is not my favorite month for a variety of reasons. I'm with you, man. And uh, I, I, that's why I love, like you were saying that off the top, I love the new year. I love the reset. Yeah. I love the start over. I love January because it's not December. I love, I love January. I love January because December is done. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, and, that sucks. That really stinks. Like yeah. I want to love December. Like who doesn't want to love Christmas? Like it's all the thing. Everybody's so happy. Everybody, there's joy yeah. everywhere. And Santa Claus is so rosy and kind of sucks. <laughs> what the heck? Plus, I mean, everybody has their own kind of, uh, you know reasons why christmas sucks it's just i, yeah. I don't know i get i get the older i get the anger i get about christmas i get angry about the whole kind of consumer construct yeah. around christmas this freaking stupid weird custom where you got to go out and spend a shit ton of money mm-hmm. on crap that people are gonna throw away in a month like it just burns me like the amount of yeah. waste that just is generated by christmas yeah. every year it's just ugh. like i I'm i've been you. trying to convince my family 
for the last few years, like, let's get gifts for the little kids. Let's get gifts That's for my nieces. That's where we're going, yeah. And just not exchange gifts between the adults because anything we want, anything I want, I've either already bought for myself or it's so expensive or so obscure, nobody's going to be able to get it for me. Mm-hmm. So why? Don't waste your money. Like, yeah. let's go out for a meal one day down the road when restaurants you can. Pay. You know, let's, let's go do something together. I don't need more shit in my house. I've got yeah. too much shit in my house already. Well, I because you also like cyberpunk dude on a freaking bicycle back. I was gonna I say you're, you're very particular. You, we're very much the same. Like you know, like you, there are things that you want, but like you can't try to describe that to somebody. Go like I would like something like I think maybe normal people like not like us. They could go like I could use some jeans, and somebody picks out some jeans from I don't know, like what normal people do. I go, I need a expansion, like a storage expansion for my Xbox Series X. It's it's like three hundred dollars. Like it's so expensive. Yeah. It's like you don't just go buy one of these things. It's very specific. So buying for gamers, I think is if you're not a gamers, I think it's very difficult because yeah. we want to have the thing that's, that's out. And also we're very aware of like the deals. You look at something, you go like, did you pay full price for this? Like, you know, it was, <laughs> it was $30 <laughs> like for a period of time, right? Like you gotta be smart about these things. <laughs> it becomes a thing. I'm, I'm totally with you. And even with the kids, like we, we opened presents in a different way this year than I'd ever experienced. And I thought it was yeah. awesome because um, we didn't just like get through the gifts. We, if, if they opened a present that they thought was awesome and they wanted to play with it, we stopped opening presents and they played with that, that gift for an hour. So we were opening presents for like three That's cool. days, man. That's chill. Yeah. It was, oh, like it was so yeah. cool. Yeah. It was, it was great, but they're still like, then you're done with it and they go, they pick out their three favorites and then there's yeah. this mound of other stuff. Yeah, and it's like, so we've really been working with our family on like what types of things they should So they, if they're going to get them excess, make it books and crayons and coloring stuff. Like don't like, I don't need another doll or I don't know. There's, and everybody's different. It's just like for us, like, and I'm very conscious about how much space we take up with this shit. (laughs) (laughs) This is is why I want to move into a house. This is like one of my my driving reasons behind wanting to, to shift from condo life to house life is I need more room for my stuff. That's it. I got my one little tiny office here with my stuff. I need more I need the, the full-size versions of these arcade games. <laughs> but look how, like, look what happens, though. You become, like, very selective, and the things that you have are awesome. I have stuff, right? Like, if I had to choose, like, what stays and what goes, like, it would be it'd be very different. I don't know that I would have um, Isabel from Animal Crossing at me, but I don't know. Maybe she but, might stay. I'm not sure that that was the best example. But, but this wall behind you looks so nice. Like, I just, I love, like, every shelf has its own kind of little theme, and I love everything on it. And I, I need to and show I you the it. closet, though. The closet over there is full of Skylanders. It's built for clothes, <laughs> but it's actually, it's full of Skylanders still in their box. So that's on the other side. It's, like, the stuff we have is, is insane. Like, it's a little worrisome. Like, what we're, at some point, it's going to have to go somewhere. Like some, like I'm not going to be around forever. Somebody's going to have to deal with this shit. <laughs> so I it's don't like know. Space is like, like the space you have live in is it's like time and it's like money. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough of it, but then when you get more, you just end up using it all. Yeah. <laughs> you think like, okay, yeah, now I've got a bigger place. I'm going to have like lots of space. I'll have like lots of, you know, all the whole room. That's going to be just a few things in it, but no, everything gets filled up. You yeah. have more time. Your time gets filled up. You have more money. Your money goes away it's just like seriously these things yeah. that, that we we live within a certain amount of it and then we think how nice it would be to get more of it and how much different that would make our lives and we get more of it and really no we just our lives slowly shift to occupy all that extra time and space and and money man that's that's something that will uh, noodle on my brain for a little bit I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I do like having this space. Like, this is definitely like a bit of a, a bit of a sanctuary. I've gotten used to the fact that it's both my play space, my podcast space. It's also my workspace, which is that was hard um, last year. Like, especially as COVID kind of hit. And that was some of the most stressful work time ever. And then to go, come, let's come back into the same room and do a stream. It's like, I was so not interested in that. Like, I just, I don't think I've ever looked at a space with like, ooh, I don't want to go in there. But that's, that's what happened last year. And I, I do think like, you see, I'm standing, this stand-up desk changed so much for me. This oh, yeah. makes it feel like a different room. Just because like, oh, I'm wow. sitting on my tailbone on this stupid gaming chair that I don't think, I need to get a chair. Like, do you have a, like an autonomous chair? Is that the? Is that? It is. Yeah. Yeah, it looks very familiar. It's yeah. So that's the desk. Well, I've been eyeing it because I've got the stand-up desk from Autonomous because Brock sent yeah. me a link, and I'm looking at that chair. I'm like, that looks way better than like these these gaming chairs. I don't know, man. I just don't know if it's I was, best I've from the back. I chairs as well, and I was starting to get a, a, a bad bad ergonomic habits, and and mm-hmm. one of the interesting things about Apple, even as a contractor, is once you're brought on, on board is I had to actually take a photo of my workspace. Oh yeah. That's the way send it, it to be the done. ergonomics people at Apple for them to critique. And they said, okay, you got to move your honor up and get it. And, and like the, you got to be, I used to have my, my chair kind of in the curve of my desk sort of on the flats. I couldn't get it close enough. And it's anyway, my ergonomics are terrible. So I did a whole ergonomic makeover uh, about a month ago, actually, is when I got this chair yeah. and, um, yeah, it's just it's it's send so much me your better. link. Send me your send me your uh, your discount link, man. Maybe <laughs> I gotta say though, I like the chair, Ooh. but I don't love it. And the oh. one thing I would really change about it if I could is the armrests are hard plastic, and yeah. I was hoping they would have some give to them, but they do not. Mm. They're not uncomfortable; like they're okay to rest arms on. And that's what I have the now. Chair is super adjustable. Like any kind of direction you want to move any part of the chair, it'll move that way. Mm. But my biggest, I guess, uh, uh, I don't know. My, my, the thing about this chair is when I'm sitting in it, I don't notice it. And I think that should be a good chair you should not notice, right? Yeah, yeah. you just sold me on that. I don't care about the art. Like, yeah, I notice my chair invisible. big time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a cheapo. It was from Costco. Chelsea and I have matching ones, so that's kind of cute. But I think it might be time to go. Maybe 2021. Big changes for me, Steve. I think. <laughs> I think I'm gonna, do you have? Speaking of that, do you have like big vision, big goal? Do you do resolutions? Oh, uh, dude, pretty- I did. I've I've done resolutions the last few years, and I did 2020. Was felt like a really, uh, you know, special year because it's 2020. 2020. Right? Mm-hmm. I love the symmetry of it, and I love the I have three you know, pages the- of resolutions for my 2020. Like this time <laughs> last year, I was I like, "This is it, man. We are going for it." <laughs> But then, you know, the, the year didn't turn out the way anybody really expected. Dude, like, so, what, what a year to be ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I yeah. thought 2020, like January, when, when like the, this time last year, I thought 2020, again, my mind really, my mind really like finds, finds round, even numbers kind of soothing. Yeah. And I really liked the idea of 2020 being the year that I was going to change a lot of stuff. And I had a list of, I still have a of things that I wanted to change and then everything went out of the window, everything went to shit. And, and um, I had actually, and I think, you know, I've sort of talked about this in passing, but I was and am planning to move back to Alberta, yes. back to Edmonton from Toronto. Yeah. But that was supposed to maybe have happened already by now. Right. Um, my plan was, okay, well, I'm going to have one last kind of big summer in Toronto. I'm going to go with my friends and we're going to like sit on patios. I'm going to hit all the museums I haven't done in the 15 years that I've lived here. And I'm going to kind of like have one last big Toronto yeah. summer. And then everything shut down. Wow, you can't do anything. And then the downtown condo market went to shit. Nobody wants to live downtown. Nobody needs to live downtown. Yeah. Um, there's no international students coming in. There's no immigrants coming in. Um, there's no uh, all the the thousands of Airbnb units uh, that were 
being rented out are now like for sale or or, or to rent. So there's a, mm-hmm. a huge glut of new. This is probably super boring. To most most listeners, <laughs> wrap it up quick. There's a huge glut of, of condo um, uh, supply downtown Toronto, and um, very little demand. So yeah, selling my place is going to be harder. I'm not going to get nearly as much as I would have gotten a year ago. So that's going to stall out the whole move plan. Mm-hmm. Maybe the end of this year, um, things come back to normal and I get sort of my last little taste of Toronto uh, in there because I really want a house, man. I want to be close to my family. I want to live yeah. my, my brother and his, his daughters, uh, his wife and daughters live in um, St. Albert. Oh, there you go. And, yeah. And they are nine and the younger one's going to be seven this month. And it's hard watching them grow up over FaceTime. Like I don't oh, have kids man. of my own. I'm likely not to have kids of my own. Those two girls are probably gonna be the closest thing I have to, to my own kids. And I want to be kind of around to see how they develop into people and, yeah. and, you know, be part of the family, not just their, their uncle. They're like talking to on FaceTime. Oh, they'll be, so, they'll you know, be so lucky to have you close by. See, that'll be so like the fact that you even want to do that or even think to do that means that you, you must have an amazing relationship with them and yeah it'll be that means that when you're close by it'll be that much better rather than like the person who just doesn't want anything to do with them and they go like yeah i guess i'll like stop by maybe for a birthday like that's <laughs> that's so that'll be so great be, like when things get back to normal i just think that where everybody will have something that, that they'll appreciate even more and for you to be like being able to be close to to family and in a space you want to be in and yeah. minus 30 degree weather for 10 months of the year and I was, uh, me and cold are like bane and darkness. You know, I was yeah. forged in it mm-hmm. and cold. I, I, mm-hmm. I was molded in it. I, I do get reminded of what it's like when I, when I go back and visit during the winter. And I've, my brother always tells me that I've gone soft living in Toronto. He's like, you know, I'll complain about the winter weather. He's like, oh, you're, yeah, living I in don't Toronto. know, dude. Toronto is, it's got that, <laughs> the humidity on both sides. But anyways, that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. I cannot wait for you to move. I have been so grateful to catch up with you. The first show of 2021, by the way. So I I'm so glad you reached really out. I feel really honored and kind of weirded out that to be the first on the first show of 2020, 2021. I feel like you should have somebody better <laughs> or interesting. No way, uh, man. This was this uh, is perfect. I just I've been meaning to catch up with you for a long, long time, and this is a great way to just. I need to start my year on like a ton of positivity, and that's just I don't know. I just smile when I'm watching you or reading you or whatever, like ch- chatting with you. It's it's always such a great time. You've always been very kind to me and Chelsea. Um, you, uh, you you've got a billion the, things going on, and I just, I've always appreciated your kindness. You two are just like two of the most beautiful people. Just like, again, like uh, a couple that I think is an example of, of, of the relationship people should seek out. But just you're both talented, creative, hardworking people, uh, great parents, um, you know, fun to be around, fun to talk to. And that's, I, one of the, the 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 best thing that came out of doing reviews on the run was the relationships that came out of it. Not just mm-hmm. with the like Vic and and Rags and Scott and, and Marissa and those guys, but but with like like I never would have met you and Chelsea if not for yeah. the show. You know? And um, you know, just I've I've developed friendships with people through the show, and it's just been like just one of the biggest gifts. And even though it's years in the past now, it's these these relationships continue, and I just I feel so lucky to have had that opportunity to do that thing which was super fun on its own but also get these kind of lasting relationships out of it so and you and chelsea are are a prime example of that well it's it's surreal for us because we would just watch as fans and then we go i remember like i think it was 2016 where you on the show the first time 
I remember like lining that up and, and Scott came on the show as well and Vic's been on the show and it's just like, what is this world? Like these are people that we've been like watching and we would like set time away to like watch and, 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 and be sure that we consume the content and now we're just like, you know, just mention them on Twitter. Like this is just, it's, I don't know, it's just so amazing. It's so cool. And it's always great to catch up with you, Steve. I hope you'll come back and we'll do this again sometime. Sure, Maybe man. live, man. Like it would be so, like we mentioned before, it'd be so awesome to do this in person. I'm telling you, Edmonton, like we're gonna we're gonna have like a like a gaming weekend. Like there's enough of us here, and we've been I, mean, I know them personally. We're getting when, a bit of a boom. Even when I come back, I and again this will be like in the the after times when, when things are back to normal. The after times. One of the big things I'm I'm really looking forward to is coming out to to your house and actually seeing the oh, stuff. Oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be so and good. Seeing you guys in person. I haven't seen you guys since like Marissa's wedding. I think was yeah. the last night. Again, right? and, surreal. Like what the yeah. hell are we even doing there? That is insane. <laughs> Like the hottest weekend ever, just like it was like forty oh, degrees or something. <laughs> like at least everybody else looks miserable because goodness gracious. Um, do you want to tell people like how to find you on the internet and stuff like that? Man, like uh, if I'm doing anything of note, it's usually on Twitter. Um, so it's just at Steve Tilly, and that's T I L L U I. Um, is it uh, is it true that Ellie's name that Tilly was a consideration? Dude, for I was gonna bring it up. I was just about to message <laughs> mention that as you said your, your Twitter. Um, because Chelsea did want me to say that too. She said, just tell him that she's, cause she had a little bit of regret. Like we, we were planning on having more kids. Um, and then the second came around and Ellie was a little bit more challenging than Lincoln. And she goes, uh, Tilly and Remy, those are two good names that we were thinking of. Ooh. She's like, mm. so yes, it was Ellie, Tilly and Remy. Like we're, we're, we're top three picks for, for Ellie. Yeah. We had, we eventually went with her. Um, good thing. Nothing too terrible happened with ellie from the last of us because that's really where that comes from like it she's not yeah. the best outcome but like it's like the people who named their kid, worse. their daughter like daenerys exactly i remember like the the preview started to come out and it's like because that game just came out ellie just turned two and as like we started to get a clear idea of what the last of us two is going to look like i'm like let's see is there another ellie that we maybe <laughs> named her after <laughs> ellie's a beautiful classic name and oh. uh, She's regardless awesome. of the, Tilly, I like the fact there's now a Tilly on Star Trek Discovery. Like there's a, 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 a female Ensign Tilly who's like one of the funniest, best characters on the show. So there's there are cool Tillys out there too. But I think Ellie is. A, I just know, have juicy as hands. a Tilly. I still think Ellie was probably your best choice. <laughs> I, uh, it was so funny. Yeah, because it's funny you mentioned because Chelsea didn't want me to say that. So anyway, thank you so much. It's a late yeah, night. I, I know it's a, goodness gracious. It's very late for you. Um, oh, the night is still young. I can oh, okay. You, you still got a couple hours of cyberpunk yeah. left in you. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much. This is so fun. Thanks, Sean. And uh, obviously, say hi to Chelsea, too, please. I've realized how time works uh, just by sitting here thinking about what I'm going to say in this, in this closing period. Uh, and I should have said this at the start. But I'm a dum-dum, and I'm not going to re- redo the start, but here it, here it is. Uh, patrons, you need to keep this a secret for a couple of days, because you're going to hear this uh, prior to, to, an, to the announcement. But Monday, Monday, January 11th, is Bobby's birthday. And on, on, on the 11th, we are, we are, and today, as you're listening to this, most people are listening to this on Monday. We're announcing the stream schedule. I'll tell you my schedule. I won't tell anybody else's, because there's, like, there's still a couple of people who are going to hear this early. But I'm going to do a 24-hour stream for Bobby. I'm going to do from 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, the 16th, until 10 a.m. Sunday, the 17th. 24 hours at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. We're pushing it to the limit. 
to make sure that we get every... We don't leave anything on the table, man. We're not leaving anything. No, I, I'm putting everything I can into this. It means a lot. Got to get Bobby on a good track when he gets out of the hospital. And so that's it. That's what I'm going to do. 24 hours, twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. Go to bit.ly slash gaming for guru. You get chances for amazing prizes, an Xbox, a Switch, dozens if not hundreds of games, literally hundreds of prizes. Stay tuned to um, to Twitter for all of the details. The full schedule we're going to reveal. We're going to have. I know a lot of people who um, aren't part of sort of the, the core people who are in the uh, starting this thing up. A lot of other uh, streamers are going to be participating as well. A lot of people have reached out to us saying like, "How can I help? I want to be part of this." Uh, continue that. Please reach out to me. I've got a couple of people helping me out with um, the, the influx of people who want to be participating and supporting and helping. So keep it coming, man. We're going to make this huge bit.ly slash gaming for guru. And I love you all. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. I'm not even going to do it. Usually I, I finish this thing off with like all the other plugs, but we're going to make it all for Bobby. If you're not already subscribed to Bobby's YouTube channel, by the way, too, because Kato, Console Kato had an amazing idea. She's like, let's let's make sure Bobby comes back to even more subscribers. Not less. Let's make sure he comes back to more. So if you have if you haven't already subscribed, go to youtube.com slash Nintendo Guru. Make sure you're subbed over there. Leave comments. Let him know that we're thinking about him while he's while he's away. You can tweet at him as well at Nintendo Gurus. This is all for him, man. We're all thinking about him. I get a reminder every week saying uh, it's time to record Cup of Joe and Nintendo. And I haven't been able to. And I want to very, very soon. I cannot wait to talk to Bobby. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm going to be back next week. Um, I don't remember who's coming. Chris Johnson, I think, maybe is next. We'll see. But here's Jason. 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 See you next week. Jason. 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 Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!